Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization that mobilizes the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Donations to the United Way stay 100% locally in our community and get invested in more than 40 community-based programs. These programs help students achieve academic success, families to be self-sufficient and financially stable, and vulnerable households to get their basic and emergency needs met. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit uascc.org or call 716-483-1561. You've been listening to Community Matters. 2022 was a busy year for the National Comedy Center with new exhibits and the return of the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival. We reflected on all of that with Comedy Center Executive Director Journey Gunderson. We have National Comedy Center Executive Director Journey Gunderson on the line with us to do kind of a retrospective of the past year, 2022, big year with the National Comedy Center. So thanks, Journey, for calling in today. Thank you for having me. So like I said, I mean... Most recent news, if we're going to start with that, was the exciting news that uh, Amy Poehler has joined the National Comedy Center Advisory Board, and uh, she's replacing someone who who unfortunately had died, uh, I think, earlier this year. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Amy Poehler uh, is filling the seat vacated by the legendary talent manager George Shapiro, who was the executive producer of the show Seinfeld. Uh, worked directly hand-in-hand with Jerry Seinfeld, who we managed as an individual uh, to get that show launched and off the ground, and, of course, to such success. Uh, And he also managed the unique talent of Andy Kaufman. So George Shapiro visited Jamestown and toured the museum for the first time at our grand opening and was a founding advisory board member, and we were so sorry um, about his passing this year. And, you know, we're also... Uh, pleased to look ahead to the future with the addition of Amy Poehler in that seat. And Amy, she's really no stranger to the National Comedy Center and to Jamestown, having uh, worked with the center in 2021 on the documentary she did for Amazon Prime on uh, Lucy and uh, Desi Arnaz. Yes, this is a cool part of the Amy Poehler uh, relationship because it started with outreach to the National Comedy Center for the very reason we set forth uh, to sort of establish ourselves as a as an institutional authority on the subject matter of comedy. When we were raising the money to build the National Comedy Center for years, we said, you know, this is, there's a void for a cultural institution that is preserving comedy's heritage, preserving its archives on a national level, and researching and curating and telling its story. And so it's a wonderful thing that as Amy Poehler set forth to do a documentary on the legendary careers and legacies of Lucy and Desi, that she reached out to the National Comedy Center and, of course, the Lucy Ball Desi Arnaz Museum, which we operate as well, and interview myself, our director of archives, Laura LaPlaca, our staff, um, in the process of that filmmaking. So that led to three different visits by Amy and her team. Um, digging into the archives, actually photographing them, uh, using them as source and reference material for the documentary. But she also wanted to, which I thought was cool, understand the roots of Lucille Ball firsthand by visiting her hometown. She wanted to sort of grasp 
what led to the work ethic that Lucille Ball had. So I think that's kind of a cool and flattering angle to to Lucy's Jamestown roots and Polar's desire to to be in touch with that. Uh, once we kind of had completed production work and support work with Amy and her team on the documentary, Amy decided to do a world premiere of Lucy and Desi in Jamestown at the National Comedy Center. So she returned for that uh, and spoke. And, of course, the documentary goes on to win Emmys. Um, and this past summer, I invited Amy to join the advisory board, and that announcement became public last week. Right, and, and I think, I know it's an advisory board, but still the, the amount of talent that you have on that board and then to have the addition of Amy Poehler as well on that board is really, I think any organization, you know, even outside of the realm of comedy would want to have that kind of uh, group of folks, you know, helping give some guidance along the way. Yeah, and two quick things about Amy that are neat here. You know, I can tell everyone I meet till I'm blue in the face that what we built in Jamestown is a gem of a museum experience. But for Amy Poehler to say, and this was her quote this week in The Hollywood Reporter, um, she said, quote, every visit is a mind-blowing experience for me. It's become my favorite museum of all time. So for Amy Poehler to say that about our cultural institution here in Jamestown, New York, it's amazing. Uh, and then the other thing that makes Amy such a good fit for the advisory board role is she's one of, I mean, people know her from Parks and Rec. People know her from Saturday Night Live but they don't often realize how much of a producer she is. And now she made her directorial debut with Lucia Desi. So behind the scenes, she has her hands in so many things. So she is truly one of the, the most significant creators in comedy and creative forces in comedy today. But she also has this keen reverence and respect for the talent and in the generations that came before her, like Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball. So that, you know, mix of being a force that's creating today's current comedy and appreciating the comedy that came before her make her makes her a, a perfect fit for the board. And that's yeah, she you would if you were going to call someone a renaissance woman, she definitely in the, in yeah. the comedy arena or even in general filmmaking and TV world. Definitely. She's done a lot. She's been on both sides of the acting and the producing side. So, yeah, great addition. And uh it's great to, I think it's great that she's on the board now. So moving along, 2022, like I said, big year, a uh, festival that had been in the works for a number of years got put off by the pandemic, unfortunately. You were finally able to bring back the Lucille Ball Comedy Fest this summer. And how, how did things go? How, 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 what were people saying when they came this year? So many people said it's good to be back. You know, it's amazing that so much time had to pass before we could bring back, you know, one of the greatest comedy festivals in the country. And when you think about how the pandemic didn't totally end, as we all hoped and, and as projections said, you know, the tourism industry projected that the summer of 2022 would be back at pre-pandemic levels of 2019, which was a huge summer for us. And industry-wide, tourism-wide, uh, attraction-wide, in the industry, it fell short of that. And I think part of that is that there were new strains. And uh, so it was a challenging summer, but we said, you know, we're bringing back this comedy festival. And so to come back with the force of three packed arena shows in downtown Jamestown, a Reg Lanay show, uh, 
I think, seven other shows of about 120 people apiece in other venues and daytime programming, uh, block parties that saw thousands of attendees. That festival's impact on Jamestown and Chautauqua County is amazing. And so particularly in this year where everybody is doing everything they can in every industry to crawl out of the pandemic and rebound, to have, uh, again, three arena shows, the Reg Lene show and multiple other shows in one weekend in downtown Jamestown over the course of about five days is just the catalyst that we need. And it was great to bring laughter back. Uh, of course, we saw one of the things that's neat now, you know, we only opened the National Comedy Center in August of 2018, so really the end of tourism season. And then we head into winter. Uh, we have summer of 2019 and then the pandemic strikes. So it's not as though we've had years and years to bring people through our doors, especially from the comedy industry, people who are busy and touring uh, or off tour during the pandemic. So to be able to tour Jeff Foxworthy, Kevin, uh, Kevin Nealon, David Spade, Rob Schneider, Margaret Cho, uh, through the National Comedy Center and see their reactions and interview them about their reactions uh, was so much fun. And everybody, whether they are a comedian, a, an artist, everyday average uh, tourist uh, or casual comedy consumer walks out pretty blown away and the reviews say it if you don't want to take my word for it read the reviews of the national comedy center on any platform but it's really rewarding to take the artists themselves through and that's one thing that has been consistent at least since uh you've opened it i think even before that any newspaper or you know media outlet that has done things on places to visit museums you have to see um everything and it, the national comedy center has consistently come up every year several times it seems with you know being in like the best or in the top 10 or whatever have you so you know considering that this is a national museum in a very small city compared with all the other larger cities in the united states i'd say that's quite an accomplishment yeah i'm i'm quoting jeff foxworthy when he came out he said uh and i think we have this on tape now but he said journey this is a national treasure and he kind of admitted that, you know, heading into it, coming to a, a, a region that is not a major metro area, he wasn't sure what to expect. So it just shows you how important it is to get people through the doors because the accolades speak volumes, but until they experience it, it's hard to quite convey it. And speaking of those accolades you mentioned, we were so thrilled that in September, uh, the National Comedy Center in Jamestown, New York, was named to... U.S. News and World Report's coveted list of the top 25 family weekend getaways in the country. So that means the National Comedy Center in Jamestown is now on that list with uh, Disney World, Disneyland, and more. So think about what that does for Jamestown in elevating the perception of uh, the National Comedy Center as an attraction, and particularly from a family perspective. We didn't market it as a kids museum uh but those who have visited know that it's good for every generation every age cohort my kids are three five and seven and they would hang out there all day if i let them uh there's really something for everyone and so it was nice to get that particular accolade of top 25 family weekend getaways in the country and and since the opening uh, if you want to talk about a museum that isn't static there just this year the number of exhibits that have opened or special features that have been um 
started up at the museum have increased and luckily I've been I've been able to be there for for several of them and find out what was going on. I think the first one that you had that open was the the Carl Reiner exhibit in July that uh, at the end of July that officially opened. Yes, we are, you know, as we're looking at or if you're living in this region and have visited the Comedy Center or have yet to visit the Comedy Center, we added two major exhibitions, the largest since our opening in 2018 this past summer. And those are included in the admission price. Those aren't separately ticketed experiences. Uh, one is celebrating the the life and legacy of Carl Reiner. So a lot of people may know the name Carl Reiner, but not quite grasp just how influential he was in comedy. So that exhibit is highlighting film collaborations like The Jerk with Steve Martin, uh, The 2,000-Year-Old Man with Mel Brooks, the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, so much about Carl Reiner's career basically fed everything that came thereafter, and he's one of the most beloved and influential artists in, in comedy's history. So that is a, it's actually a really touching exhibit. One of the things that people have had a really emotional reaction to is seeing the, the chairs and TV trays on which Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner ate dinner and watched uh, movies, watched television, every single night until Carl Reiner's passing. Uh, so those are part of the exhibit, and it's one of the most um, significant collaborations and friendships, certainly in comedy's history. Uh, the other, you mentioned a couple of exhibits that we opened this year. The other major exhibit experience that's included now in your admission price at the museum is the Johnny Carson Immersive Experience. Uh, we were able to get Jimmy Fallon, current host of The Tonight Show, to be your very own hologram host. So now inside the National Comedy Center, you get comfortable inside a little theater. Again, in addition to the whole museum experience that's very interactive, this particular experience, you're in a theater and you are enveloped in the story. So it's a multimedia experience using projection and monitors that are all around you, up on the ceiling, on the walls, larger than life. And it's about the 30-year reign of Johnny Carson as the king of late night. This is the guy who set the template uh, and not only was an amazing host where the monologue was appointment television, his show introduced us to some of the biggest names in stand-up comedy uh, that we still know today. And so for this exhibit, not only did we go to 30 Rock and shoot Jimmy Fallon as our hologram host that walks you through the tent poles of the storytelling, we did original interviews uh, traveling all over the place throughout the spring to put this together with Bette Midler, Mel Brooks, Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh, Jay Leno, Byron Allen, George Wallace, and more. So, I mean, what better than to hear it from the perspectives of the people who lived it? And then we annotate the experience with artifacts. So uh, when you emerge from this theater experience, you also stand before arguably the most iconic artifact in entertainment history, the famous rainbow curtain that uh, Johnny Carson, of course, did his monologue in front of and introduced us to so many stand-ups in front of. Uh, we were able to, to find and restore and display the curtain. Uh, you also see wardrobe from the show from some of Johnny's sketch characters like Floyd Turbo. Uh, we have... Bette Midler's wardrobe worn famously as the final guest on Johnny's Tonight Show. So it's 30 years of late night, 30 years later, and it's absolutely amazing. When I first went and watched that exhibit, 
I I have to admit, I mean, I didn't really watch the Johnny Carson show, you know, the Tonight Show, because I it was I was still a little bit too young. So I heard about you know some of the jokes, some of the characters, and all that. But so sitting down, and then I think even having Jimmy Fallon, you know, do the whole like guide you through part, you know, into the different sections, I laughed so hard. I mean, this is something that I didn't grow up watching, and yet till still was I so much humor in it and got so much out of it, and also I found out. I could I I didn't sit through the whole thing because there was so much material, which is awesome. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not just like a ten minute little show. And this is like it was it's a whole extensive experience to be watching yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and we did design it. It was an internal kind of museum term for the skimmers, swimmers, and divers, which is a good way to design anything when you are dealing with different ages. You know, so for the Carson fan who drives across the country for this exhibit because they love Johnny Carson, they are getting sort of like the full meal. They're, you are getting everything you want to know and relishing in that 30 years of The Tonight Show. For someone who might be in their 20s and doesn't understand why Johnny Carson matters so much to comedy, you can consume a portion of the storytelling and then there are opportunities to move on throughout your museum visit. So, you know, a family traveling through the area who maybe only has a certain number of hours to spend may consume a portion of the exhibit and then continue through the museum. So it's really designed well uh, for that reason. And another thing that maybe wasn't like, it wasn't on the scale of, you know, the Carl Reiner exhibit and, and of the uh, Johnny Carson exhibit, but there was some special exhibit that was uh, set up with, about Betty White, who unfortunately I think we're, we're coming up just about on the year anniversary of her death. Uh, and, I imagine that probably drew a lot of folks down, even if though it wasn't as large as some of the of the other exhibit, new exhibits that came open this year. Did you see a lot of people come in just because they knew that there was Betty White items at the National Comedy Center? Yes, because Betty White is one of these legacies in comedy that is so beloved uh, in an interesting way across so many age demographics. And... So when she passed away, you're right, coming up on a year ago, um, you know, it was a loss to the comedy community. But we started a conversation in a relationship with her estate and worked to preserve and secure her archives. And now there is a tribute display to Betty White uh, at the National Comedy Center. And her comedy, the the media, the the... Um, the footage of her doing what she did best is woven throughout the exhibit, uh, including what we call the world's largest living room or the TV room, uh, where we look at the, the history of comedy on television. So uh, it was nice to be able to give a nod to Betty White for sure within the museum experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was maybe a leading question because I know for a fact I have a, a good friend of mine who, as soon as she saw me post about the tribute going up or the news about Betty White at the, at the Comedy Center that she came down like two days later, drove down from Rochester, hadn't come to visit me ever in Jamestown, but because of that exhibit, she came down to see me so she could go through the museum. So I think, I, wow. I, I think that probably is not a unique story from, uh, from what I've heard from other folks that, you know, as, as things change, that I imagine that there's just that draw that comedy has. Yeah, it's, it's, People have such an affinity for and a relationship with their comedy and the stars of that comedy. And it reminds me, when we did 
the opening. We did the ribbon cutting of the Carl Reiner exhibit this summer in July. Rob Reiner, uh, his son, who also, of course, is an amazing director in his own right, uh, Rob, Annie, and Lucas Reiner came to town. We worked to produce uh, a show in partnership with Chautauqua Institution at the Amphitheater on a Wednesday night, I think it was July 27th, uh, celebrating the legacy of Carl Reiner on the day we cut the ribbon on the exhibit. And, you know, there were families that we were aware drew, drove as far as from Boston for that experience. So uh, it's a wonderful thing when we can collaborate within the county, um, two cultural institutions, to tell great stories, and it's fun. And I, I realize that, you know, there's some things you have to keep under your hat, or that, but, but can you share anything that we might be looking forward to for 2023? Um, I think at this point, my perspective on 2023 is that this is a year I really want to get more families through the attraction and a local population that now, a few years in, uh, I, I say this with a smile, you kind of say, hey, this is an attraction winning uh, awards and accolades on a national and international level. Uh, we were named to the list of top 50 uh, influencers in museums worldwide because of what was built in Jamestown. So in 2023, I think my focus is really on getting people to the doors who have not yet experienced it um, for whatever reason. And uh, one thing that we've done in our pricing is maintain a really deep discount for anyone who lives in Chautauqua County. So people in Chautauqua County are paying just about 20% less than the average visitor. Uh, and that's something that we always want to maintain to keep it accessible, but particularly families. I think that with this new accolade of the distinction of being on the U.S. News and World Report list, that, that, um, is one more sort of signal to people that this is a, a place you can take your kids that is not just really fun, but educational. And it's fun to make connections between generations where I take my kids and I'm seeing them laugh at clips of Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. And that's a fun intergenerational experience for people. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware that Western New York Family Magazine actually called the National Comedy Center a must-see destination for families with school-aged children. One neat thing that happened this year is that the entire school district staff of Bemis Point, so they're uh, in service day that they do right before the school year starts, and think about what staff and teachers of schools have been through with the pandemic. Um, their administration surprised them with a field trip to the National Comedy Center, uh, and it was so much fun to just, I think, as coworkers and collaborators and hard workers to see them all laughing together before they started the new school year. Yeah, and that, that's a, a really special experience and it's probably way different than what you you would typically encounter in a classroom as well. So yeah, I think when it comes to, I think about, you know, national attractions and where people who, who live near national attractions, I have a lot of family in Buffalo and they always said, oh yeah, the only time we ever went to see Niagara Falls is when someone came to visit. And I imagine that it, it, maybe that's probably where you want to get to in Jamestown is that whenever someone has someone come visit that they're taking them to the National Comedy Center. That's right. That's right. And we do hear that a lot. And I love it. And, and the nice thing is if you are the person who lives locally and you think, well, I've already been, nobody, even people on our staff cannot say that they have consumed all of the exhibit media that's in that museum. Because it's so interactive, the depths of each mu museum exhibit 
is such that you could literally spend like four days there and not see everything. And we've added new things since we opened. So uh, there's never a person who says, well, I've seen it all and, and can't come back through the doors. And that's another reason that I think what's interesting is for local residents, the membership is an incredible value. And I'm not just saying that promotionally uh, trying to shill. It really is. I mean, for $50 a year, you get an unlimited admission pass to a place that people often show up and go, maybe we'll spend a couple hours. Well, they end up spending four or five hours. They end up leaving going, oh, my gosh, there's more to see that I didn't get to. And I could have spent four days here. Um, so it's a it's a really good value and it's a good gift idea, you know, to give somebody in your life the gift of laughter that they can use all year round. Wow. Journey, do you have anything else that you'd like to update us on or tell us about? Uh, just that I think from a local small business um, nonprofit support standpoint and retail standpoint, uh, we have a lot of good things going on in Chautauqua County and in Jamestown. And what our hardworking staff and retail team has done to create what we call the comedy shop is something that I'm really proud of. And, and I say that because I, they've done it without my help. It's not really my background or expertise. But right in downtown Jamestown, we now have, you know, the coolest store anywhere when it comes to your one-stop shop for gifts that make people laugh or gifts that commemorate shows like the Golden Girls, uh, you know, games and puzzles and shirts that depict the legacies of some of some people's favorite films or favorite television memories um, and just gifts that make people laugh. So that's a great way to support the museum. Like you can feel really good about shopping locally, about supporting a nonprofit museum uh, and cultural institution. And so I encourage people to remember us as they do shopping, but uh, I just think it's one of these things where we're all in this together. You know, Jamestown several years ago said, we're going to build a missing cultural institution in this country. We're gonna establish it in line with Lucille Ball's vision for her hometown to become a destination for the celebration of comedy. And thanks to this hardworking staff and this community that made it happen and pulled together, uh, and thanks to everyone who showed up. Like, we wouldn't be here if people didn't show up for the festivals. We wouldn't be here if people hadn't donated along the way, if people hadn't come through our doors or, or purchased memberships. We literally just wouldn't have been able to pull this off, and we continue to need people to stay engaged because the stronger we are locally, the, the more we will thrive nationally, and it's a win-win for everyone. So every dollar you spend at the National Comedy Center by bringing someone through. Every social media you po uh, post you make about your experience with us translates into us being able to take that value and do uh, a drive market targeted ad campaign in Cleveland, which brings people to town who spend money in our restaurants, spend money by staying in our hotels, visit, visit our wonderful neighboring attractions, and so I just kind of want to say to everybody, thank you for everything you've done to get us here. Thank you for helping pull together as a community and stay engaged with us and let's keep doing it together. Let's ride this wave of success and let's bring more and more people to Jamestown to see what we have here. Well said. Well, Journey Gunderson, Executive Director of the National Comedy Center, thank you so much for being with us on the air today and uh, wishing you a happy holiday and happy new year. Thank you.